You're listening to How To with Katie and Suze, a podcast created for the young Christian who wants to understand faith in real life. These are your hosts, Katie Hathaway and Suzanne Rhodes. Hey everyone, welcome back to How To with Katie and Suze. We are so excited for today's episode because it feels wildly relevant in our lives Amen. right now. Yes. And today we're talking about how to transition to post-grad, which as most of y'all know, Suzanne and I both just transitioned to post-grad life and it is different than we expected it to be. Yeah, much different. (laughs) So today we just want to talk a little bit about that and how it's different because we don't feel like people really talked about that. And so we want to have a conversation about it and encourage people that are about to go through a transitioning phase, whether it be high school to college, college to post-grad, or even just transitional phases in those seasons. There's a ton of transition happening around us all the time, so we just want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about this episode. You know, I think that we have very different stories in, in when we transition to post-grad, so I think it's going to be kind of interesting comparing our our stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I moved 10 hours away from home, so, well, I guess I moved eight and a half hours away from home and like 10, 11 hours from college. And so it was a very, very big difference. And my like culture shock was apparent and just like, no, I didn't know anyone when I moved here. And so it was was a really, really big transition. Suze, how was your transition? Well, mine was uh, the exact opposite of yours because I stayed in the same exact place that we went to college. Um, but it was kind of interesting because, you know, we, even though I stayed in the same city and I even worked for the same university that I graduated from, it was a completely different experience and it was a completely different community and building that I was in. And of course, rooming situation. So there were even, it was crazy how much of a transition it was despite being in the same city. Oh, absolutely. Um, One of my biggest uh, culture shocks that happened recently, actually, I have two that happened. So my first one, um, when I went to the grocery store, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the grocery store and I was going to a Christmas party and I needed to make Rotel dip, which back home is Velveeta and Rotel, like mixed together melted and mixed that's the best thing ever it's at every single holiday party that I go to personally also people here don't know about sausage balls which I was just really concerned for their well-being whoa 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 those are the what best. do you mean they don't know about sausage balls I know <laughs> they just don't know about sausage balls <laughs> it's so sad for them that was like my breakfast in college yeah so I go to this grocery store to get Velveeta, and Suze, where is the Velveeta in Mississippi? If you're going to the grocery store in Mississippi, where is the Velveeta? The mac and cheese section. Okay, so yes, it's on the mac and cheese aisle. It is not refrigerated. It is with the mac and cheese because you make them together, and then there's usually like a single line of Rotel cans next to it because that's the best way to do it. Well, here in North Carolina, good old North Carolina... They refrigerate their mac and cheese, or not their mac and cheese, their Velveeta. Really? So I'm walking through the aisles of Wegmans, and I cannot find the Velveeta to save my life. And I asked the man, I was like, hey, where is your Velveeta? And he was like, oh, it's obviously in the refrigerated section with the cheeses. (laughs) And I'm like, excuse me, sir. Number one, that is not an obviously. Number two, why are you refrigerating the fake cheese? And so I, like, sure enough. It has no dairy in it. 
there's no cheese in it. <laughs> no. So I walk back to the uh, cheese section, and there it is. Sure enough, next to the cream cheese, like the boxes, cardboard boxes of Velveeta. And I was like, this is so wrong. So I've been polling everyone, and everyone here refrigerates their Velveeta. Wow. Okay, I think this is, has to be something that's on our Instagram once we publish this <laughs> Okay, sounds good. I'll add it on there. Do you or do you not refrigerate your Velveeta? Because I never no, have. No, <laughs> absolutely not. It's like ketchup. Like, once you open it, then you refrigerate it. But prior to re- opening, no refrigeration needed. Right, 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 right. Okay, so what's your second culture shock? My So my second culture shock was I was at the gas station and I have not had any troubles getting gas thus far in North Carolina. Like it's pretty self-explanatory. A gas station is a gas station is a gas station. But I go up to this gas station that I hadn't gone to yet. And one of my friends is in town. And so we're there together and we both get frazzled easily. So this was probably not an ideal situation for the two of us to be in together. But we show up and the diesel is black. And then the like unleaded is a blue pump but if you looked at the like buttons that you have to press the diesel was a blue button and then the other ones were black buttons and I was like that is so misleading and so I was like I don't know which pump to use because it's black and blue but the color coding is like the opposite but they're on the diesel was on the left side and then the unleaded was on the right but the color coding was opposite so i just got really flustered and my friend was not helpful in the situation cuz she got even more flustered than i did and so naturally we just got in the car and drove to a different gas station cuz we were like <laughs> we don't know which kind to use come to find out the diesel pump is supposedly bigger and wouldn't fit in my car because it's not a diesel car. So in theory, if I had tried to use the wrong one, it wouldn't have worked. But I haven't figured out if that's fact or fiction yet. But all that to say, don't take me to a new gas station that is not correctly color-coded because it's just overwhelming. And it's funny because I I know that you're talking about Sydney and I can only imagine what she was like in, a, in that situation. Oh my gosh, we literally both were like, I don't know which one to use. I don't have a, have a, have a. So it was, it was literally way too stressful. It should not have been as stressful as it was. And we're both 22. Like, it should be obvious that, like, you use the right pump yeah. no matter where you are. But it was the fact that the color codings were different that I was like, I can't use the wrong color coding because that just feels hypocritical. You know, I... I've never thought about what color it is, though. Well, because usually like, they're both black. I don't even think I could pull from my brain. Oh, they are? Okay. Well, they're either both black or, like, the ones I go to, the diesel is green. But normally the, like, pump color and the button color correspond. I'm really sorry about that experience. It was very weird. I do not prefer it. Next time I go to a gas station, I'll have to, I'll have to recognize Yeah, that. think about it. <laughs> Let me know what colors they are. Okay, so that's going to be our next Instagram poll. Yes. <laughs> what color is your diesel pump at the gas station you go to? Okay, so we're going to have two Instagram polls. Do you refrigerate your Velveeta and what color is your diesel pump? So <laughs> what were your like initial shocks when you transitioned? So obviously the shocks of refrigerated Velveeta and diesel pumps, but what were some things that you weren't expecting when you moved eight hours away from home? Oh gosh, yeah. I thought that it would be very similar to me just going back to college, honestly. I didn't really think through the fact that I was moving somewhere that I didn't know anyone because for me, that's going back to Union because at Union, I didn't know anyone either. So I wasn't 
thinking through the fact, and I'm kind of glad I didn't beforehand because I didn't need to be nervous about it because the Lord had called me here and had made it evident, but it was interesting to look back and be like, I did not even process the fact that I did not know a single soul in North Carolina and what that would look like. I did ask a lot of questions to the people that had come here for school, and so I knew some basics, but it was really interesting to, I think that was the biggest shock was just showing up and no one knowing who I am, no one knowing my name, no one knowing my parents, and having to not make a name for myself, but having to to meet people and, and get to know people, which has been really interesting and, and very different than college. What was your initial shock? Yeah, I, well, like I said, because I did stay in the same city and the same university, I think I also, to another extent, you know, thought it would just be like college and I would have the same friend groups and I would always be busy because that's how I was in college. And it was really shocked to work a nine to five office job um, in a part of campus that's not really populated by students. So not seeing my friends as often and then getting off work and literally not having anything to do. Um, And so there were a lot of extended periods of quietness and stillness. And as someone who just has a really unhealthy, you know, need to always be busy. I really struggled with, you know, the thoughts of, well, I'm not important and what I'm doing is not important. And then of course that goes into comparison, but something that, um, something that I found in those seasons of quietness was just the Lord constantly reminded my heart, you know, that he truly is the only source of satisfaction. Um, And I had said that my whole life, but I don't think I ever fully realized it until I was in that season of, you know, immediately graduating and then starting a new job the next week. Um, So yeah, I think that was something that I definitely was not expecting out of the transition to post-grad. I think that's something that's so valid that a lot of people struggle with, but don't put words to is the idea that if you're not seen, you're not valued, or if you're not seen, then you're like, whatever you're doing isn't worth it. Um, Because what you are doing, even behind closed doors, or even when only adults are seeing you or students aren't seeing you is still valid and, and valued in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd never been in a season that it was as obvious as as when I first graduated. So what is some advice that you would tell Katie in June when, or I guess that would be August when you first moved to North Carolina? What what is some advice that you would tell her? Yeah, something that I'm doing this semester that I wish I had done last semester. Um, When I got here, I did drive around a lot, but I didn't drive around with purpose. And so this semester, with a few of my friends that I've made, we're doing a bucket list of Raleigh. And so we're, we have like a 25 thing bucket list that we're doing to, because we all kind of want to get to know Raleigh better. And so one of my friends grew up like an hour away from here. So she's doing it with us. And um, we're just doing like a ton of different things so that when 
I'm thinking in my head, oh, I kind of want to go do this today, or I wish I knew where to go, then I can be like, oh, wait, I have a list of places that I want to try. So we, I wrote down a ton of like coffee shops and restaurants and parks that I want to go to and ball games that I want to go see and things like that. So that's what I would have told myself in July. But it also kind of is nice because I know the area enough to be able to find those places now. So I'm really excited to do that this semester and get to know the area better so then when people come and visit or when um, I just want things to do I actually kind of know what's going on around and and can say hey well I've been here and I really liked it or let's go to this park and walk or whatever and I'm really excited about that so I would recommend making a bucket list of just like look up a ton of coffee shops and say like I want to go try 10 different coffee shops. So like once a week or twice a week, I'll go try different coffee shops so that then if someone says, hey, where's your favorite coffee shop? You know, it just helps to have places that feel regular in your life when you're transitioning. So find places like that via a bucket list where you go try a ton or if you just want to try two or three and just pick your favorite, like make yourself a regular somewhere because that'll make you feel at home for sure. I love that. That is the cutest. I I'm a big fan of bucket lists, so that's a really great idea. I think for me, um, like we have our own bucket list, which has been really fun, even though I've been in Jackson for five years now. But something also, too, is I sat down and kind of really thought through, you know, what can I provide people? And so, um, you know, I, I know that you have really gotten plugged in into a church and I've been at my church, you know, for five years, but I'm involved in the women's ministry now. And something that I thought would be really cool is to provide just little things like manicures to really busy moms. And so I have a a manicure set that has the, you know, UV light so you can get the very bougie manicure that you pay lots of money for at the salons. It's really practical because it's so simple, but just thinking through like, what are some gifts, you know, what is something that you can give to others? Because something that has been important in this, you know, post-grad is that you have to be so much more intentional with building a community. And so I think just sitting down and saying, what can I give to others? you know, how can I serve others is a really practical way to just implement and initiate community even more. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is huge. Finding out ways that you can become a part of community is is huge. And my church has been absolutely vital for me in that, that that has been one of the biggest things that I would say to anyone that's moving or transitioning, even if you're transitioning from one home church to another like finding a church and plugging in quickly is the best thing you can do because it gives you community. It gives you different generations of community and it gives you a place to serve and a place to belong. And that is a game changer. Like when you have people that notice when you're not there, that helps you feel known and loved. And then you can do that for other people. And it's just an absolute game changer. I love being involved in a church and it's been the best place to find people and friends to surround myself with this season of life. I really couldn't agree more. I mean, like I said, I've been at my church in Jackson for about five years now and it was still like a renewed community once I graduated because I was involved in different ministries in the campus and I've said it so many times. I mean, they were one of the biggest lifelines for me in this season into post-grad. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's a game changer and having um, 
one other thing I was going to say about transitioning and, and finding community is find families that you can get plugged in with as well. Um, that has been so helpful for me because I live like in an apartment and I'm surrounded by people my age, which is so fantastic in some ways. But then it's also really nice to have a few families that have just opened their doors and let me either go babysit. And one family has let me just like hang out out there, hang out at their house when they're gone. And I just get to sit with their dog on their porch and just be, um, and just having meals with families is so much fun and, and a really big breath of fresh air for the soul. And so if you can do that and I'm not saying to invite yourself over to a family's house but like there's a way to do it where it's like a semi-invitation so some people just need to be asked like you have to say like I really would love to just come over for dinner sometime or have y'all over for dinner sometime or there's there's ways to do it that aren't like hey I'm coming over at 6 p.m tomorrow night but like families want a lot of families want to have college students or young professional students over and if you're in a season especially a season of singleness and that's a great way to have that same community and and be a part of a family and that's been super that's something I did not have in college that I've really loved having in this season is a few different families that have just opened their doors to me and and let me feel like a part of their family since I'm so far away from mine yeah absolutely I think that um something I was thinking through as you as you were saying that Something that I've really learned is to appreciate the little joys that the Lord gives. And I think in college, I just expected to go and do coffee dates with friends or to have dinner with, you know, your roommates every night because you go to the cafeteria and I didn't fully appreciate it. And so something that, of course, you know, I'm, I'm love to journal. And so when I do have those unexpected coffee dates or unexpected dinner with a dear family from my church, like it becomes the exception and not the rule. And you just appreciate it so much deeper. Um, and then to just celebrate the joys that the Lord gives. And of course, like I said, I always journal and have a little memento from the night in it. Um, but just little ways to just thank the Lord for providing those opportunities again. I think it's just so sweet. Katie, is there anything else that you want the listeners to know or some last advice that you would like to give? Yeah, I think um, my last thing I want to say kind of is basically what we're saying this entire episode, which I kind of love, is that community is something that has to start with an invitation. You don't just fall into community, especially in a transition. And one of my favorite things, Corinne, Olin Allen, who we've had on this podcast said is if there's not a community where you are, create one. And so that's been kind of my mantra being here is I'm not just falling into community here. And so I want to create a community. And so inviting people, extending the invitation to go do things has been transformative. And it kind of takes a humbling on our end, or at least it has for me of saying like, people aren't just running up to me asking to hang out, not that they ever have, but it's, it's exactly what you said, the unexpected like bumps into each other and just goes and does two days worth of things doesn't happen in post-grad life. So extending those invitations and, and humbling yourself enough to know that other people also want to be invited, but sometimes you just have to be the one to invite. And if you are extended an invitation, say yes and enjoy it and appreciate it, even if it's something that you may not always do or um, always say yes to enjoy the invitations and extend the invitations is huge in in post-grad and transitioning seasons well guys 
as we transition into our benediction, let this be a time where we can just reflect on what the Lord has shown us um, in our seasons of transition, whether that's high school to college or college to post-grad. Um, and just may we remind ourselves to seek Him in all parts of our lives, um, whether we're in a transition or not. May the Lord remind our hearts of His ultimate joy, fulfillment, and salvation. May we seek Him always, even in unexpected seasons, and may the Lord provide life-giving community to us in all walks of life. Friends, go in grace and peace to love and serve the Lord, and we'll see you next time, okay? Bye!